So we closing out the year, you know. Uh, shout out to Biggie for winning the IC title again. Um, <clears throat> I like that little that moment that moment he had with um, Paul Heyman. I I understand some people's gripes that in talking about that they kind of buried the IC title, but I don't think it was too much of a burial. I think it was just more of like, hey, Biggie, you won this, but you're gonna want more. Um, but I just think, you know, going into 2021, I just want to remind people that it is the fans, that it is on us to continue cheering Big E, continuing to keep him propped up as a, a singles main eventer, because one thing we do know about WWE is they will try and bury you if they don't have plans for you. And if you don't believe me, just remember Rusev Day was the hottest thing in WWE, and they did not pull the trigger on that at all. So just remember, it's on us to continue to to uh, push people we love, no matter what promotion, to make sure that they, uh, that they get over and make sure that they are the most um, important things and the things that are in the mind of these bookers and these promoters so that we can get them in places that they want to be. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I still haven't watched the match, but I did see that moment. And it came on the eve of what we didn't know was going to happen, of course, just because, you know, life is, is inevitable. But I saw that match and, you know, I saw, the prom I saw the promo that Paul Heyman cut that you sent me as well. And, yeah, it's not, you know, that's how the mid card is supposed to be. It's a stepping stone to get you to yeah. the mid card to get you a title shot. And that's always what it's been. So while I think people have a fair point in saying that he shouldn't have gotten the WWE title ASAP, it's no problem for him to become what this is the second or third time being IC champion. Yes. I think yeah. second. Yeah, it's no problem with him getting getting a mid card title push again maybe making it last let's say if he go over at the royal rumble he wins it you know have the mid card title so to go from that to him winning the world title is great even though i don't think he's going to win the world title i don't think anybody anytime soon is going to win the world title off of roman reigns but still this is a great step forward and then now if anything we get from this now we get you know a better program between him and Sami Zayn. Absolutely. Now, the thing I think the things to take away from this is, hey, man, Paul Heyman has been saying that Big E is big time now, which is important because Paul Heyman's opinion matters. Mm -hmm. um, and I think, you know, I don't even think he needs to win the Royal Rumble. I think you can have a nice, you know, few months of him being the IC champion, winning matches. Just put him against quality people like uh, Daniel Bryan is there. Alistair Black is there. Andrade is there. Um, who else is over on SmackDown? That would be an interesting... Corbin would be an interesting feud between them. These are people that... You can even have him lose the belt to Corbin and then start that trajectory with Corbin. 
the thing that's important going forward is I know people want him to have it, but you got to remember like him winning the IC title is good because this is how people used to get on to winning the title is they would win the mid car title and they would prove themselves as a workhorse, but to see if you, there was something more there. Like all of your favorites won mid car titles before they ever won the world title. Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart, Razor Ramon. Well, Razor Ramon never won it. Uh, you know, um, Stone Cold Steve Austin, The Rock, Triple H, Edge, Kurt Angle, Eddie Guerrero, um, John Cena, Randy Orton, Batista. Like, all of these people won mid-card titles. I don't think Batista did, but you know what I mean. And all of these people won mid-card titles. All of these names that we consider the greatest ever, like the Macho Man, Ultimate Warrior. All of these people won mid-card titles before they ever won the main title. And that's why when they got to the main title, they were able to work really well because they were, you know, putting on these matches in the mid card and just really being the workhorse night in, night out. So I think it's good for Big E. And I think, you know, he can prove like he, he'll be on TV. We can get some interesting storylines from him and we can see what happens. We can see if there's something there to be a world champion or if he's just a mid card guy, which is no shame in that. No, absolutely. He made the right point. It, it's a stepping stone. And it's great to add that to your resume again, a two-time champion, uh, multiple-time champion. And, you know, I, I had the conversation with you last week. I think it was off air, but it might have been on here. I'm not sure about the New Day being the greatest, just solely WWE, greatest tag team of all time. But I had to think about it. I'm like, Edge and Christian was there. And for them to branch out and being Christian Cage going to TNA and winning the world title and Edge winning the world title, that makes them the greatest, in my opinion, the greatest tag team of all time in WWE history, I should say. So yeah. New Day is number two in that instance just because, you know, Kofi just got his world title last year, which was 2019, and then Big E is going to get one eventually. So Yeah, but the thing I think that's important is before Kofi ever had the world title run, which he deserved years ago, but he had, he was a King on the mid card. Like he was a multiple time tag team champion before he ever joined the new day. He was a multiple time intercontinental and us champion before he joined the new day. So he had already had established runs to this point now that when he got to the new day and he started winning tag titles in that way, he like, I don't think people know this and they haven't really promoted this too well, but of an individual, no one has held the tag team titles longer than he has in WWE history. Like it's him. Right. He is the, the king of the tag team division in that way. Um, He's had multiple this and that. And by the time he won the world titles, look how easy it was for people to get behind him because he had built up that equity for over a decade. Like Big E is, is he already has that equity with, being in the new day, being this lovable character. Now you have this IC title run. Okay. Now it's time to show you're the mid car guy. You can really kill it. And then that'll be your next step to, you know, even, whether it's Roman reigns or whoever going down the line, um, <clears throat> that'll, excuse me, that'll just get the crowd behind you even more, whether heel or face, they'll just be ready for you to win the title because they've seen you work for so long. And you've proven that, be it in the tag team division, be it in the singles division, 
you can go with the best of them and you know rise above them and be looked at as the best person in that match like oh yeah you had a great match you showed us something that there's more to you you can carry a match you can main event television right because obviously we know he can cut a promo and that's been the case forever he's been the mouthpiece for the new day besides xavier woods so it's just they know he can cut a promo it's just now i think they're doing that to see if they can really trust him to hold the world title and if he could draw money even though there's no crowds right now eventually let's say we get crowds back sometime next year which is probably not going to happen but 2022 when we get crowds back they want to see if he could draw money especially now because i mean roman reigns has since he came back at SummerSlam, just this has been a run so yeah. they want to see if they can trust him to have the title you know put him over roman reigns they yeah. want to see that, especially when they when it's on fire right now. They basically, yeah. you know, checking the measure of, you know, what's next, and in this case, you know, who's next, and we might get that at WrestleMania. So, and then yeah. it's all based on too if Brock Lesnar is coming back. Honestly, that's where it's all based on. That's true too, but you know, you make it a good point. Roman is killing it right now. He's Durant on the Warriors right now. That's that's the level that. Um, Roman is at right now where he just any night he can just go put up 40 for you. Right. Whether, whether you need it or you don't. And he's been doing that. You know, yeah. like I said, I've been consistently saying this. This is Paul Heyman's easiest bag ever. Like he's barely had to talk. Except yeah. for when he's on talking smack or he's just showing facial expressions by ringside. But this is the easiest yeah. bag that he's he's got. Yeah. Um so you know that's just the mod what's going on in current wwe right now um to switch to AEW, that i mean last night's show was a reminder of you know all the people we lost this year particularly the most recent one being brody lee john huber is his real name um but i just wanted to go through like there's a lot of names that we lost in wrestling unfortunately i don't know all of them but I just wanted to go through some of the ones that, you know, I think people would know that were big names. Like this year started off with, uh, I believe, Howard Finkel. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to this day, if it's not Lillian Garcia, that Howard Finkel is the voice in my mind that announces people the Fink. Um, which was, you know, he was an older man, but still, that was just a big loss. Um, La Parca, too. You know, WCW and all through Mexico, La Parca is legitimately like one of the most entertaining wrestlers in the history of wrestling. Yeah, with, I thought it was the original La Parca when that happened. Yeah, I think everyone did because everyone remembers when he hit Goldberg with the chair. Then he started doing a little strut and Brother got scared. <laughs> <He's doing that. laughs> Which is it's still the greatest thing, I think. Uh, you know, I've seen. Um, no, another name, you know, this is a young lady. I, I think she took her own life, if I, if I remember yeah. right. Uh, Hannah Kimura. Yeah. yeah. I, she, I forgot about that as well. Yeah, future worker, but, you know, unfortunately. Um, please, uh, just a reminder, everybody, that one, just a reminder, like, please go, you know, if you're if you're depressed, 
if you have friends that are sad and are suicidal, please, you know, check in with them, try and get them help, try and get them to a space where they can, you know, feel comfortable about life. If it's therapy, if it's taking uh, antidepressants and things like that, if it's meditation, whatever it is, if it's, you know, smoking weed, um, just let's get them to a place where they don't have to take their life in that way because forget the fact that she was like a future star in the business. Just, you know, no one should have to suffer that way. But um, moving on, Kamala, WWE legend. Um, and then uh, Pat Patterson, which was a big, big loss because, hey, man, all your favorites have learned something from him. Like, there's not, you, you know, name your top 20, top 50, top 5, top 10. If they came through WWE, Pat Patterson taught them something about the business and working in the ring, interacting with the crowd. He was one of the most trusted minds, Vince McMahon. Uh, he was one of the most trusted people, Vince McMahon. Or he was one of the people Vince McMahon trusted most. He was one of the minds Vince trusted most when it came to uh, his product and with good reason, because he was the one that told Vince to sign the rock. Mm -hmm. Like he was the one that would push for people who he thought were talented. And, you know, some of those people were the greatest ever. Some of those people were great mid carders. Some of those people were just really entertaining. They're not hall of famous, but they're just really entertaining. And you have moments where you just remember them. Um, the last two, I think that we all know are just kind of the roughest. Uh, oh, before I get to that, we also lost road warrior animal. The LOD is widely regarded as like the greatest tag team in the history of wrestling, not just WWE, but wrestling as a whole, their WCW run, their stuff in Japan. Uh, at that time, you would have been hard-pressed to find a tag team more universally known and loved and respected than them. Right. Um, so, yeah, just rest in peace to them. And the two, you know, hardest ones I think we had to deal with this year was, um, most recently, it was Brody Lee, um, who unfortunately passed away from a lung illness that wasn't COVID-related. But... Uh, AEW did a good show last night in uh, tribute to him. There was it was all six man tag matches, but you know got they got the dark order. Every, you saw like okay, everyone in the dark order is really talented, but also you know it was a good showcase for all their talent. Like inadvertently, it was a good showcase for all their talent because you know I think by the time you got to the end of the I. Till I got to the end of the show, I realized, like, oh yeah, going into 2021, there they they got some people here that I'm like actually interested in, and I'm I want to see what they do. Um, you know, they had his family there. They it was just a really nice tribute. I think Moxley Moxley said something to the effect of, "I was." trying to find like what can i say that hasn't already been said by everyone else and he was like that's probably the best thing is when 
everyone has nothing but loving things to say about you and you can't say anything that no one else has said which you know um you want to say anything about Brody lee yeah uh i haven't seen one bad thing about him since that happened every day somebody has said something good about him and you know it, it's what everybody else has said and I've said on another platform and I'll say it here. It's one of those things where you do the best you can as a human being to be the best that you can. So people could at least talk about you because there's a lot of people, you know, that pass away and they just forgot. It seems to be that, you know, Brody will never be forgotten. Luke Harper will never be forgotten. And it went obviously beyond just wrestling, just because you see promotions that have showed love to each other. And it's unfortunate just to show love to somebody that passed away. But, you know, here we are. That That's always a reminder of life. Death is always a reminder of life than anything yeah. else. You can say you love somebody, you can do this and that, but it seems to be until somebody passes away that everybody knows, then you get a reminder of life. So, you know, God bless his, his, his family. And Absolutely. You can also buy... I think it's on, I know it's on Pro Wrestling Tees, but also on another site that I was thinking about getting a shirt because all the proceeds goes, all the proceeds of the shirt goes to, goes to his family. I did the same thing with Chad Gaspar. You know, I usually don't like buying like RIP t-shirts or anything like that, but you know, if you can at least put $25 in that person's pocket, that's great enough. I mean, obviously you won't be able to help the pain as to that person not being here, especially because it happened in the holiday seasons, you know, it happened right after Christmas, uh, a couple of days after yeah. Christmas. Yeah, man. It was, so, um, it was a hard one. Yeah. So it's one of those things where, you know, money and never be at a master pain, but at the same time, the state of the world that we're in right now and how things is going, you help out any way you can. Absolutely. Um, and you brought up, you know, the other really difficult one this year and Shaq Gaspard. Um, I was talking to my friend and I think the thing I think that was fascinating was of the names I've mentioned. I don't think any of them died from COVID. Which is just like a sobering thing of like, you know we all with absolutely good reason should be protecting ourselves from COVID. Um, but there's still other, you know, there's still other ways you could pass away out here and you just have to be vigilant about yourself overall. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, some of them, I think a few of them died from a heart attack. We had, you know, unfortunately someone take their own life. Uh, Brody Lee, it was just a lung illness and Chad Gaspard, you know, they were at the beach. It was a, they got caught in a riptide. And he, you know, he died saving his son, which, you know, we talk about Brody Lee being a great father. You know, you know that's that's just another great father right there, just a great parent. You know, in the biggest moment of crisis where you know death is probably certain, you know, you choose death to save your child. And that's, you know, that's a tough decision and you know it's the right decision but um yeah, uh, you know 
I'll talk about myself personally, which I don't like doing. It, it made me realize that I think that's the whole point of, you know, reproduction. It's just not to get your lust off. I think it's to continue a legacy. His legacy is now here, even though he's not. And I think that's the whole point of having kids. And, you know, a lot of people don't want to have kids because of various reasons. But at the same time, it seems to be this part of, I want to say, nature. And even though you can make your own decisions, because I make my own decisions, decisions about life and as to why I don't want to have kids. But, you know, it's a prime example of your legacy preceding you even after you leave and you know it's tough that he has to deal with that you know it's tough to lose anybody particularly this year alone with so much that has happened especially with COVID and you know it's just him it's just his son his his wife now and you know of course they have supported the family you know that I know of or we know of and workers like including Shelton Benjamin who as soon as he won uh, the tag title with uh, Cedric, the, the, inner, the Alexander, you know, yes. he, he he came and showed love to his son. So that's an admirable thing to do. And, you know, real quick, I met Shad before. I want to say it was 2000. It was 2018. I met him before him and JTG showed me nothing but love. So, yeah, when people talk about how good of a person he is. I completely understand. Yeah, it it's it's hard because particularly with um Shad and Brody is like no one ever had a bad thing to say about them. Mm-hmm. Like they were always dudes that were trying to push things forward. They were always dudes trying to you know, just trying to get the best out of themselves and trying to get the best out of everyone else and I think they realized that the business was important, but this business only works if everybody is good. It can't just work if you're the only good one. And, you know. Um, and also, sorry to cut you off. In this business, being a pro wrestling business, somebody always has something bad to say about you all the time. Absolutely. Part, a lot of those workers, sometimes they call it upon themselves to have that graced upon their name, that smut, because a lot of them can be, you know, living in their character the kayfabe whatever you want to use so they tend to forget that you have to be a good human being and when you leave you got to go back to being a good human being your your name doesn't say you know whatever it says your legal name and if you're not going by your legal name so a lot of those people tend to forget that you know you still got to go you still got to go outside so for two people of their magnitude that have been on the biggest wrestling promotion in history to not have any smoke in their name is beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, um, you know, just to see the camaraderie, like, you know, like you said, this business is always, is it can be very cutthroat, particularly what we've heard in WWE, what we've heard in stories in just in any, in any company, really any promotion, it's the same stories, whether how big or small it is, but you know, you get people like that. You see uh, cool things like uh, up, up, down, down, where they just bring wrestlers in just to have a good time and play video games and decompress. You get to see uh Seamus working out with wrestlers, just, you know, getting to show like, you know, how serious they take their craft, how serious they make sure they're, they're in 
good condition to go perform for you because, you know, I think the thing we forget about athletes is they are just grinding their body down for our entertainment, no matter what sport, no matter what sport, even NASCAR, those guys are risking death to put on a good show for us. And, you know, sometimes, you know, the product may be lacking. It may not be something we particularly enjoy and that's fine. But I think it's always, that's a good thing to remember is like, um, just to have respect. I remember Seinfeld was talking about, um, someone was talking to Seinfeld and he was like, what do you, like him and Chris Rock, we used to go to shows and just watch. And he was like, what do you say about people who were bad? And he was like, nothing. He's like, I have immense respect for anyone who gets up on that stage and does that, whether good or bad. If it's bad, it's just bad. But, you know, you don't have to rub their face in it. Like, that's a hard thing to do. That's a rough thing to do. So it's nothing but respect, even if it even if it was something I didn't like. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. But, you know. Uh. We have to move on because this is our end of the year list. And, uh, you know, 2020 has been wild, man. We haven't had a, a, a crowd in America, like a full-fledged sold-out crowd, um, since February. Mm-hmm. And you know what's so crazy? I'm so preconditioned now that I keep forgetting that crowds is a thing. Yeah, every time I watch an AEW show and I see, like, they have a smattering of people there, I'm like, Oh yeah, 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 Florida, Florida's allowing that. Like I watched, I watched a bit of the Canelo fight, and I saw that they had like a crowd of people there, and I was like, "What are we doing?" And I was like, "Oh wait, not every place is like where I'm at, where it's just like, nah, you can't do this at all." But um, no, I think you know we have a few uh, things for y'all. Like you know, like we said, wrestling's been been really weird this year um usually i would you know suggest like what what was the best promotion of the year but because of these things like it became unfair because you really got to see like without without crowds a lot of smaller wrestling companies really depend on crowds to get you invested so so there's that but um no i i We'll just start with the best storylines. Um, do you want to go or should I go? Because we've got similar ones here. I'll let you go. Uh, yeah. So some of the best storylines of the year is, uh, of course, uh, Sasha Banks and Bailey. It's just you know, uh, I'm trying to think of a good comparison. It's like a TV show when you know that friend is going to turn, you just don't know when. And then the twist is the other friend turns. It's you know it's very nine hundred two one zero, gossip girl shit. And it was it was great to see. It was great to see because through it we got to see, you know Bailey have, the run of her career. Um, we got to see them win the tag titles again and actually like hold them for a few months, which was dope. We got to see Sasha win the Raw Women's title, again and. Uh, even though, you know, the finish wasn't great, but just to see those two with all four belts was amazing. Cause considering after WrestleMania 2019, like they lost to the iconics and they never got a, like a fair share of actually like holding the belts and doing anything with them. 
the fact that they got to get them back and Bailey, you know, was able to evolve her character to the point where, you know, we thought she was lost in the water. We thought she was a dead fish. And she was able to reinvent herself in a in a really cool way. Sasha was able to come back and remind us that, hey, she is, you know, it's only her and Charlotte that's competing for the best worker. Um, and yeah, it was just a great storyline. Um, I got Randy Orton versus, uh, I mean, Rand, just the Randy Orton storyline this whole year, starting at, um, the Royal Rumble with Edge and moving all the way to WrestleMania with the match with Edge and the, the greatest wrestling match ever, which, you know, was wild. But, um, you know, it's um, it's kind of like the verses with Too Short and E40, just reminding you how many, how dope this man is and how many hits he got, he really got. And like, don't ever say I'm not the most versatile wrestler ever. Cause man did a, you know, a last man standing gauntlet thing with edge did a, a pure wrestling match with edge. He did some, uh, some more, uh, spotlight matches. Like, you know, he did the match, um, with the big show. He did the match with the matches with drew McIntyre, the ambulance match, the more brawling stuff. And, you know, even to right now, he's doing the infernal match and he's doing these these out there storylines again with uh, Bray Wyatt. And, you know, I, I admit when I first saw it, I thought they were rushing through it. And now they they really settled in and they're telling a good story. And this is probably the best 12 months Randy Orton has had. In a really long time. Mm-hmm. So shout out to that. Uh, <clears throat> you got the forming of the Hurt Business. You know, Lashley was about to be dead in the water with the Lana storyline. He was about to be off TV. And MVP came along. They had, you know, the WWE had to release a lot of names. They had to do some different things. And, and they have, with that, they have formed the most interesting and exciting group in WWE since the new day, which is really cool to see. Um, you know, and they started to, they've actually started to put some importance on him. Lashley is the United States champion. Um, Sheldon Benjamin and Cedric, Alex, Cedric D Alexander won the tag titles MVP, you know, is one of the most trusted mouthpieces on television for raw right now. So it's nice to see whenever they need a segment and they just need someone to go out there. Those three or four guys are just really trustworthy right now. Um, going to AEW, you got, you know, MJF versus John Moxley. That was a great story because of the promos MJF was putting on. Um, you got the stuff Moxley was doing, was saying, like, you know, you think you're the bad guy. I'm the bad guy. And, uh, you know, it really came out in their match when, you know, so, you know, MJF was trying to do something sneaky behind the referees back, and Moxley just counters and does something sneaky of his own and wins the match. Um, you had the Cody MJF thing, which, you know, once again, MJF just put it on a clinic talking and 
running down these established guys and just taking their characters and really, really reducing them in ways that we haven't seen a lot of uh, wrestlers be able to do in a promo in a long time. Like he's just really good at it. And not, it's not like just other people who are nobodies like Moxley and Cody are the two of the biggest names in wrestling. And the fact that he can just go in and do a promos, do promo after promo and just pick apart their character and make little observations and attack them from different angles. And it like be good promos is a testament. Like that dude, like you could put that dude in almost any story and you could trust that he will, he will knock it out of the park when it comes to, to promoting himself and putting the other person over. Um, I feel like I'm talking a lot, but it's good. Uh, we got evil joining the bullet club because yo man, evil joined the bullet club. Mm-hmm. That's self-explanatory. Like, and he won the title off of it. It's, it's the, it was the shock of, of probably 2020 when it came to storylines, like, yo, this is what we're doing. Turn this all the way up. And, you know, going into Wrestle Kingdom, which is uh this weekend. Yes, sir. Uh, we might have to get some predictions off real quick, too. Um, going Wrestle Kingdom this weekend is Evil versus Sonata. And usually you get that in G1, but you're going to get that like with actual implications of like, I don't like you. You don't like me. Birdman hand rub all that. Yep. Yep. Turn that all the way up. Uh, and the last one, of course, you know, I already said he was Durant on the Warriors is the Roman Reigns head of the table tribal chief storyline. Um, it's been perfect every step of the way. Like, just perfect. You know, you got Roman talking real low, not loud, like utilizing the fact that there's no crowd and you're just really talking intimately. Like that part where he was talking to Drew McIntyre and he just didn't have a mic and he's like, fucking Mike, I don't care if anyone hears this. I'm talking to you right now and doing the hand gestures and this and that. It's like, yeah, he's married to a black woman. But, <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, yeah, you could definitely tell that Roman is enjoying this role. Uh, he gets to work with his cousins, which is probably a dream for him because they haven't really worked too much together so far. Um, and just coming off the fact that, yo, man, this time two years ago, like, we didn't know if we was ever going to see him again. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we went almost two years without him having the belt. And now that he has the universal title, he, you know, it's Thanos memes, like I told you, when he got the gauntlet, like he restored order to that title. Because yep. that that title did not feel special at all in the past well, Seth did okay with it. I won't disrespect Seth. But, uh, you know, they gave it to Bray Wyatt a little too early, unfortunately. And that kind of did some things with his character that people didn't like. Um, we got Braun with it, and it just never worked. And then Roman. Roman came through, took it, and for the past four months has really, really made that title something special and I'm trying to think, has anyone 
in recent years had as many like good to great to incredible title matches consecutively as Roman has. Cause he's had the two with his cousin. It wasn't a title match, but the champion versus champion match with McIntyre. And then these two past two matches with Kevin Owens have been great. Probably John Cena, I want to say 2005 from winning it at WrestleMania 21 against JBL to then having a match with JBL uh, when he got that color. JBL used to give people a lot of color. Yeah, that was that was so maybe Eddie Guerrero because when Eddie Guerrero won the title from Brock Lesnar. I can't recall a bad match he had with that title. That's true. That's true. Eddie did run. He did run the table until he lost it. He, he did. Yeah, that strap match with JBL, a match where he wasn't supposed to get color like that. So he had to go to the hospital because of the lacerations. But yeah, JBL, right JBL is sometimes, um, he's been known sometimes to be a little reckless in the ring, unfortunately. Yeah, and then uh, if I'm not mistaken, you know he got bladed too deep being Eddie Guerrero. Because remember he was, he took the chair shot, but obviously you got a blade, you got to give him a little bit of a cut to open it up all the way. And I think he the blade was too long, or it went too deep, where it, it punctured. I think it almost hit an artery, or it did hit an artery, a small artery enough where he wouldn't bleed out and and you know die, but still. So. Yeah. That 04 Eddie Guerrero run. Was that 04? Yeah, the 04 Eddie Guerrero run. The 05 John Cena. That's that's probably it because I'm thinking that TNA. AJ Styles matches when he got finally got the title. It was okay. Samoa Joe when he had the title. It was okay. Sting. He had a couple good matches, but then they put him against Jeff Jarrett because, you know, Jeff Jarrett being Jeff Jarrett. So that kind of killed it. But he had a good match with Kurt, I think, that same year. Uh, I think he had a match, a world title match, unless that was for the Legends title that Booker T had. Uh, Mick Foley had a match against one of them. So let's just say at this point, for the sake of memory, because I'm not Googling anything, let's go with, John Cena in 05, and let's go with JBL in 04. Okay. Okay. Just it's been a while since someone has just started out the gate knocking it out the park like this. Yeah, it hasn't been like this though. Let, let me be clear. It was great for that time, but not like this. This this is different. Yeah. This is the top star in the business being the asshole that everyone wanted him to be. And, yeah, and now because he is the, the heel that everybody wanted so long, now they can see what they couldn't see before, which is, yo, the work rate and the ability to sell and put over put over a wrestler while in the match. Like, because the thing I think that's important here is, like, I think I said it last episode, is that Owens and, like, Roman's – Roman has the best chemistry – 
with any wrestler, it might be Kevin Owens because every match they've ever been in together has been great. Mm-hmm. But the thing Roman, like, so Kevin, I mean, Owens will give you everything every time. He'll give it to anybody. He always gives everyone great matches. You know, he gave Shane McMahon great matches. But I think the thing that, you know, that's great about this is, like I said, the thing Roman gives you back is he makes you look like legitimate. Like this is why they used to put Braun and Corbin and McIntyre and Lashley against him all the time because they needed to establish those dude, those other giants as legitimate dudes. And Roman did that for him. So when you get Kevin Owens, who's already one of the best workers in the business, who's already one of the best personalities in the business. And then you get to that TLC match where like by the end of it, you really feel bad that he lost. Not that you didn't want, you're not happy that Roman won because the, you know, this run is incredible, but yo, like by the end of that match, like if Kevin Owens won that match, I wouldn't have been upset because of the story they told and the way they were able to get him over as like a legit sympathetic face. And yeah, just Roman is killing it this year. Yeah, absolutely. This is some of the best work I've seen from anybody, like, ever. Yes. And like I said, like, he can hold the belt for another two years if he wants to. Because so long as they keep this storyline and they can find ways to evolve it, there's plenty of room for him to grow. Like, this is... um, The best way I can say this is this... This heel run could potentially be as good as like those Triple H early mid two thousands heel runs. <laughs> like it, it's it has that ability to be that type of good. I and I he would be everybody too. Yeah, and you know sometimes clean, sometimes not clean. But the important part is, I mean, the difference between this one and the Triple H run is nobody feels like they're getting. Um, squashed or cooled off like you don't as of right now they haven't had that you know booker t triple h storyline i don't think they will and but you know you could just have someone coming out where you just really want to see them be like the young people might really want to see roman lose and you know the older, more snooty wrestling fans like us might get so involved and get so involved in the match that we were like, "Oh shit!" Like I'm really invested in this character right now. So, yeah. But those are my stories. What which ones you got? Uh, basically we have the same. Uh, I got Sasha Banks and Bailey. Everything they've done has been great. Oscar, everything she's done has been great. Randy Orton and the reassurance of him this year has been great. The tribal chief has been great. I look forward to man, please just give. And that'll probably be our prediction section that I'll just say this right now before we get to that. Please give Brock Lesnar whatever he wants so we can get Brock Lesnar versus this iteration of Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. Yeah. And if- uh, other than that, uh the format, I'm sorry, before I forget. African Oni faction. The Hurt Business is an African Oni faction. Yeah. 
That's it. And that's it. That's it. Yeah, we we got the same, you know. Otherwise, nothing really has moved me. Oh, I'm sorry, my guy Otis. Everything my guy Otis has been doing up until two months ago has been great. I was gonna pick that, but the way that story ended was just heartbreaking. Like they took Mandy off of him, they took the money in the bank thing off him, and they just treated him like none of that ever happened, which was really unfortunate because, like. And they just broke up the tag team and just put Tucker nowhere. And Tucker didn't. He didn't deserve that. He's not even on superstars. He's not even on superstars. Yeah, like, he didn't deserve that. What did did he do? Like, I ain't heard no rumors about him being a terrible person backstage. We know Otis is, is a very kind man. So, like, you know, what? That that hurt me to know that they just they they pumped that dude up. They gave him that good WrestleMania moment. They gave him the money in the bank title, and they just took it all away from him. And just they got nothing for him. Like he might win the tag titles with Gable soon, but beyond that, there's just nothing for him. Yeah, but you know that I, I liked it for what it was from him winning that money in the bank. To you know, getting Mandy Rose, yep, and you know, so on and so forth. But yeah, you're right, that is a great story. Um, yeah, so we go from the storylines to the things that you know drive the storylines, which is the matches. So these are our best matches of the year. So from AEW. Cause I'm the residential AEW watcher here. Uh, you do watch, but I'm the one that's a little more invested in the product. Um, yeah, I watch. Uh, you watch. You watch the Bucks. You make sure you get your Bucks uh, praise in. Top ten tag team ever. Absolutely, absolutely. The work is there. You know. Um, so yeah. Well, speaking of that, you know, my first match that I got off this is uh Omega and Page versus the Bucks of Youth. Like, hey, man, we know how good Kenny Omega is as a wrestler. We've seen the progression in Hangman Page, not only as a worker, but as a character. Because him just walking around drunk all the time has been one of the best things. And we, you know, we know what it is with the Bucks. Those dudes couldn't put on a bad match if they tried. And I think they've tried sometimes. But um, no, it was it was legitimately just really good tag team wrestling. It was good storytelling. Um, it was everything when a like I know people like to harp on AEW like not living up to what they asked, but when they do, you get things like this, and this was great. Um, then you like so a few of these matches. They all come from the same pay-per-view event. This is how good that pay-per-view event was, which was Revolution, which is still probably their best pay-per-view event um, that they've put on so far. Just because it it like that was the night where I was like, yo, AEW really put it all together one night. Mm-hmm. Um, but you got Cody MJF, which we all knew that was coming. Some people felt it was a little too rushed. I was fine with it. Um, but you know, 
it was good work and the right person won, which was MJF. And you rarely get Cody losses, which is, you know, which is a big deal. So him beating Cody was like the first step to like, okay, this dude is serious. This dude is big time. And, you know, he cut promos that were just great. Um, anyone with heel shenanigans, which was the right thing to do, because he's supposed to be the most hated dude in all of AEW. And the next match off of that is Moxley versus Jericho. Once again, off the Revolution pay-per-view. Um, this was... So we've had two storylines about people missing eyes, and this was the superior one because they didn't drive it into the ground. They knew when to stop. Like they blinded Moxley in January in February at this event, you know, he's facing him with one eye. And then the big reveal is that his other eye is fine. He's able to win the title. And after that, Jericho gives one of the best lines of the year, which is, I was preparing training to fight a wrestler with one eye. You had two eyes. You cheated. Hmm. Which was just a great line. And, you know, great delivery, which is always Jericho. Um, Another Jericho match, but uh, the Mimosa match with Orange Cassidy, at, uh, I think it's all out, I want to say. Oh, no, no, it wasn't all out. It was... Um, I think it was Fighter Fest or Fight for the Fallen or something like that. Uh, the I think it was uh, Fire Fest, if I'm not mistaken. You okay. About Moxley versus Jericho. No, no, no. I'm talking. That was at Revolution. I'm talking about Moxley versus. I mean Jericho versus Cassidy. Yeah, that was at uh, Fire Fest, the Mimosa match or whatever. Yeah, um, I picked that match because that, like, like I said, Jericho spent all summer making sure Cass- Orange Cassidy looked like a star and a legit star, not just like this uh, this this sideshow that he could have easily um, been like this, you know, thing. But he gave him like he spent all summer making sure Orange Cassidy not only was a compelling character, but someone that people could really root for in the in the ring and may not ever win the main title, but could at least you know, potentially become a TNT champion or partner with someone and become a tag team champion. And it feel legit, not just like a joke, which was important for that character. Cause that character is maintained his coolness, his funniness, but the, the feud with Jericho, someone of that caliber and actually going over, you know, made him feel like, okay, this dude can actually win matches too, which is important for that's something AEW. I know they really want is to make everyone feel um legit even if they don't necessarily win all the time just the fact that you feel like they could win is important to them and that was that was cool to see Jericho come and do that for someone like Orange Cassidy um WWE matches so we got um we got Daniel Bryan versus AJ Styles which is you know, just great wrestling. Just great wrestling. Two two of the best finally getting their, like, truly great match. 
because they faced each other several times before this, but they never truly had that great match. This was finally it. Um, we had the women's war games match, which was great. And, you know, the perfect amount of violence and, you know, my, you know, Raquel Gonzalez won, which was, I think was the right person to get the pinfall because I'll talk more about that later. Um, yeah. Finn Balor versus Damian Priest, which I put this one on here because this was the match that sold me on Damian Priest. Before that, I was just kind of like, yeah, he's okay. But being able to to hang with Finn Balor in the way that he did and taking the bumps that he did, even in a loss, um, solidified that I was like, okay, this guy is this guy can be the future of the biz of NXT. He can be a future champion. And it let me know that like he started to understand his character better in that feud and going past that because shortly after that, he was the North American champion and, you know, the character work is just there for him. The ring work is there for him now. And I think that all started working with Finn on the main roster. You got, you got Roman versus any match Roman and Kevin Owens have had this year. So that's Mm -hmm. the, the TLC match that I talked about earlier and the cage match. I don't care if that feud lasts all the way to WrestleMania. That's how good those two dudes are together. Um, so, yeah, like I said, you know, we've already talked about how great Roman is. We've talked about how great Kevin Owens is. And they put on two really good matches in less than a week, which is really hard. Um, Kev, uh, Roman Reigns versus Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre's had a great year, but he hasn't had that standout classic match. And leave it to Roman to to give him that. This is the best match they've had together. And this is the match, excuse me, that I think solidifies that, you know, whenever they decide to do Roman and Drew at WrestleMania, it will and could be go down as one of the best WrestleMania main events of all time. Uh, um, and then after that, you know, we had the the production matches, uh, the Money in the Bank match, which was just a dash through the headquarters, which was just a level of fun WWE doesn't usually have with those level of matches, <clears throat> matches that have that level of importance. But that match was legit fun just to watch them run through the little spots. Once again, AJ was, you know was just great every step of the way through it. Um, Asuka was phenomenal doing her TikTok dances all the way through it. Uh, And you had the great thing of Asuka winning and finding out that she's the champion now. And then you also had Otis winning, which was the most unexpected but heartwarming thing that's happened in WWE since Kofi won the belt. Um, You had... The Boneyard match with AJ and Jericho, I mean, uh, not Jericho, AJ and Undertaker, which was just, you know, one of the best movies of the year. It uh, was, should be nominated for an Oscar. It, it really should. Really should. Vince should get best director for that one. Um, Should get best cinematography. AJ should get an Oscar nomination for best supporting actor because... Once again, when you ask that dude to be funny, he is legit funny. 
Um, and finally, just the strangest, strangest thing I think I've ever seen in a wrestling match, but the most satisfying, which was uh, the Firefly Funhouse, which was a match that got Bray over. And in the weirdest way, like it was everything every John Cena match was about, which was it's always all about him. But this time, not in the way he wanted. Like, in the weirdest way, it was a John Cena squash match. And I really have to give it to to everyone who was involved in that to just put that on. Because that, you know, that was some Twin Peaks, Black Mirror, Pee Wee Herman shit. (laughs) And they, they knocked it out of the park, like. Big good on Cena for being game for that because that was a match that basically deconstructed his whole character and kind of buried him to a degree. And he did it in the way of like letting Bray Wyatt get up. Like it brought like after Bray Wyatt lost to Goldberg, everyone was like, Oh, okay, we're done with the fiend and this and that. That brought him back to prominence. That one 10 minute thing, like my brother doesn't watch wrestling anymore. And I showed that to him and he was like, yeah, that's, that's one of the most impressive things I've ever seen. So those are my matches. And those are, uh, those are just the things I really enjoyed this year. Yeah. <laughs> brother, you, <laughs> you didn't have to do the presentation. outro. He said, well, those are my matches. That's what I enjoyed. Yeah. <laughs> You know me. Yeah, no, that's beautiful. All right, so Van versus Cal O'Reilly. Uh, as I call it, the Irishman versus the Irishman too. Yes. Uh, that, that was slapping the hell out of each other, dislocated jaw for Finn, uh, old-fashioned slobber knocker, as JR used to say. Yeah, I think uh, O'Reilly lost some teeth in that match, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, we're going to run it back next week too. We starting off 2021 right, all right? Now, I like that meme that you sent me. Let me just say this real quick. I like that meme that you sent me when Sting took out the other mask and it was still Sting under the mask. Listen, let's just hope 2021 going to be good. I, I'm a pessimistic person, so let's just hope. But at least we bought the good good wrestling. So. Yes. Uh, Roman Reigns versus Jay Uso. Hell in a Cell. Hey, man, that's been one of the funniest but greatest programs ever because he just be hoeing Jay for no reason. He really does. Like, fall the line, bro. Like, I, I be in tears. Like, when he beat him with a cheer after he beat Kevin Owens uh, a month ago. So he hit Kevin Owens, but then he hit Jay. I was rolling, bro. I was laughing. I'm like, he stay hoeing his own cousin. I can't wait till Johnny get back and we see how this works out. Oh, yeah. All right, now this is when I become the wrestling, you know, indie man, indie man, indie man. Yeah, that's me. (laughs) So y'all walk with me, all you indie fans. I actually, you know, I take baths though. All right, so we got Chris Bay versus Willie Mack for Slammiversary. African only match. African only match. match. You got the future of pro wrestling being Chris Bay there and Willie Mack. Who is the right now and probably future as well. And a hell of a match for the X Division title, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I saw that one. That one was fire. Fugo 
All right, we got Okada versus Ibushi. Okada gang, you already know what it is. Yeah, this is old Okada, mind you. So anybody that's listening, when you go watch this match, this is old Okada. Like, he can still work, but, you know, the moves ain't crisp. It's two years, you know what I mean? Two years ago, it was crispy, but working that style, you'll start to diminish a little bit. But it was it's still great nonetheless. He's still one of the greatest of all time. Uh, Walter versus... How you say his name? Drag I cannot oh, do the Ilya, Ilya Dragunov. And this is the only match that you put on that I forgot to put on because this was incredible. That's all right. We here. That, that that's why we 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 do this. Uh yeah. Uh if you want to see two Europeans just you know go with their ancestries, just beat each other. I'm being real koofy right now, but just walk yeah. with me. Just if you want to see them slap the hell out of each other, hit each other, go ahead and see it because. It's people that eat Walter Chops, but that man was eating them. Yeah. Like, that that match told me what soccer riots are like. Yeah. that He was slapping the hell out of his chest. Like, bro, I know he had to have internal bleeding. You're not supposed to take that many chops. Yeah. Like, you know, his lungs was in there like, nigga, that's enough. Right. This ain't COVID, bitch. Mm-hmm. This is pain. Yeah. <laughs> This is death. Please stop. Uh, so that, his lungs was like, I am in trouble. Trouble, Buster. I am in trouble, trouble. <laughs> that man could not breathe. So we got Daniel Vardy versus AJ Styles. You know, you, my brother said everything that needs to be said. We can move on. Just great wrestling. Uh, Sasha Banks and Bailey versus Nikki Cross and Alexa Bliss. For the women's title matches, uh, I I like this match because it started the whole those belts thing. That that's nothing more. I don't need to analyze that. Alexa Bliss is in it. I'm not a big fan of Alexa Bliss working style. I said before we came on air that Nikki Cross should be like all pro wrestling third team at the least because she had to carry Alexa Bliss, and I, I say that with all due respect. But you know, Alexa Bliss has found her way now. Just you know, stay on the mic. That's just me saying this. No fair. Uh, Sasha Banks versus Bailey at Hell in a Cell. Classic. I just hate the fact that they kept Bailey kept trying to use a Singapore cane in a way that you don't need to use it, like putting it between the cell and like the stairs. I don't know how much more damage that's going to add because they got to fall. Maybe they fall more on the canes, but all right. Yeah. Well, Steve, Steve Blackman was pissed off somewhere. Yeah. Uh, and then let me talk about this one for a second. Take your time. I want to know what pro wrestling is. All them flippity flips and all that. Nah. Watch Edge versus Randy Orton at Backlash. Catches can style wrestling. That's pro wrestling one-on-one. Randy Orton, the GOAT, top five greatest of all time. Doesn't matter promotion. With one of the greatest of all time being Edge, even though I think Christian Cage is better, but that's another subject for another day. And them having a tour de France of wrestling. If you want to see what pro wrestling is, you don't want to see no flips. You want to see how to tell a storyline in the ring. I know I sound like an old head, but we here. If you want to see how pro wrestling is done, when you can't use athleticism, go ahead and watch that. Absolutely. All right. And we got workers of the year. Uh, Of course, I'm going to let you go ahead first, brother, and then I'll go after you. Uh, mine, you know, you can probably figure it out by the matches I picked. Um, this one, I didn't pick a match for this, this person, but you know, the work rate has been there for the past year. 
So it's probably they got their shine is El Shirai. You know, she's been killing it since mid-2019. She won the title this year, and she has proven to be a really good uh, NXT Women's Champion, which gives me some hope for the main roster, but you never know. Um, but they can't take this away from us, man. They can't take this away from us. Uh, Johnny Gargano, because, you know, NXT Old Faithful, whenever you need someone to go put on a good match, you call Johnny. That's mm-hmm. just what you do. That's why they call him Johnny Takeover. Plus, like I said, I think this was the first year he had a big match that really didn't connect with me, which was the match with Keith Lee. But after that, everything else slapped. Uh, On the AEW side, MJF. Y'all know how I feel about that dude. Orange Cassidy, you see what I said with him in respects to uh, the match with Jericho. Uh, Kenny Omega. Killed it in the tag team division, was still doing it in the singles division, is now champion. And, you know, that title feels really like I know how much people, how people felt and how the incels felt when Moxley won the title. That's kind of how I feel about the AEW title now that Omega has it. Like it feels right now. Mm-hmm. Like it, it feels good. Like you feels like some legitimacy is, is on that title. Um, I didn't pick women's peep, uh from AEW just because they don't uh, showcase them. But if you want me to pick some from there, it's Hikaru Shida and Britt Baker just because they're the two best. Um, WWE-wise, I mean, the women, like I said, it's, it's the women that we've been saying this all year. The women have been holding it down. It's Sasha, it's Bailey, it's Asuka, like, those three are the most trustworthy workers on the on the card right now. Just go out, put on a show. They've been doing it better than just about anybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, until this next guy got back, and then he showed y'all like, yeah, yeah, no, I'm still, I'm still the king around here. You know, I'm still the law around here. God damn it! And brush your teeth. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but nah, it's Roman Reigns, tribal chief, head of the table. Came back. We didn't see it coming at Summer. Like the whole SummerSlam tagline was dedicated to his comeback. Because once Bray won the title from Braun, and you saw that spear, everybody was like, "Okay, okay, we back now." Um, of course the dude. You know, I can't do this without you know McIntyre Hive. I've been one of the biggest vocal supporters of him for the past year, year and a half now. Uh. Drew McIntyre had a great first run with the WWE title. You know, got matches, like had a good match with Lashley, had a good match with Seth, had a good match with uh, with Ziggler, had some great matches with Randy, you know, um, and then had the classic with Roman. And, yeah, I, I can't see any foreseeable future of him losing the title unless they want to do some shenanigans, but... You know, this is uh this is what Drew was always supposed to be, and he's finally that, and he is knocking it out of the park. Mm-hmm. Uh Randy Orton, because you know, I told you the storyline just surrounding him. You brought up the greatest wrestling match ever, which always makes me think of um the greatest showman. I was like, yo, they really should have got Hugh Jackman to like do a musical number to introduce them. 
they would have been fire. <laughs> <clears throat> but um, no, nah, Randy's been great this year. This is one of the best years he's had in a long time. Um, and to do it at that level still, even with new and young talent, has just been great to see. Even finding time to give Keith Lee a legit win is, is dope. Um, AJ Styles, you know, like I said, was great. And, you know, he, he might hold the distinction of having the Undertaker's last match ever. And he gave him a great movie send-off, like an Academy Award-level performance. Um, he was great in the Money in the Bank match. You know, he had a great IC title run. And now what he's doing with uh, the Giant almost, which is an NXT prospect, and just, you know, legitimately making him look terrifying and just being hilarious while doing it. You know, there's a reason... When they asked Kurt Angle who's better, Sean or AJ, Kurt said, AJ, and year in, year out, he's been proving it. And this year is no different. He's get better. He gets better as time progresses. Yeah. Like. And can I for a second let me say as to why I'm saying that? Because a lot of people just try to say things and then just keep it pushing. No. I like to have facts behind most things I say. So I say that based on he changes his working style each promotion he goes to. Yeah, he didn't wrestle in ROH where he essentially started. He wrestled and went back and forth to TNA. He wrestled the same style because it called for it. But as time started to progress and he was leaving TNA, he worked a little bit in ROH. He changed a little bit. Then he went to New Japan. He was kind of the old AJ, but at the same time, he was aging, so he toned it down a little bit, still could work. Which yeah. WWE, he is not the same worker as he was in those other three promotions. But he's found a way to just give you the same level of quality. And I got a friend who's an actor, and he was always talking about like why you don't, like, given certain things, why you shouldn't disappear into a role, because that can be dangerous. Mm-hmm certain roles, particularly depending on how long. But one of the things he was like, you know, he was taught is, you know, and you probably noticed too, is how to find ways to be yourself in any different situation. Mm-hmm. And that's something I think AJ has done mastered. Like the nigga is the Shang Tsung of wrestling. Like whatever. You got to just camouflage yourself. Yeah, like whatever, like you were absolutely right. When whatever the style called for, he was able to adapt and excel in it. Like, this is the reason why he's a Ring of Honor champion, there's a and a TNA champion, and a New Japan champion, and a WWE champion. Like multiple times almost everywhere. Like wherever he shows PWG, I think he won the title. Wherever he shows up. Like it becomes very clear to everyone who's skeptical. No, this dude is legit. This dude is. Le- if you don't believe me, go watch his Royal Rumble Classic with John Cena. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it's just. Or just watch the match this year with Daniel Bryan. Like, watch all the matches with John Cena. Yes, and that goes to put Cena over as well because you know arguably in my opinion he is the greatest of all time just because he progresses well and they went from saying that he couldn't work in the ring to having like classic matches in one year 
with AJ Styles and then another year before that with Kevin Owens. Yes. Um, and then, you know, in between that, he had that one off with Roman. But, um, yeah, no, AJ, you know, this was a guy they said would never make it in WWE. And year after year, he has proven, even when people are excelling, like even when Roman is killing it, even when Drew is killing it, even when Sasha and Bailey are killing it, the New Day is killing it. You know, you got uh, the Street Profits surging. You got all these people just absolutely just killing it, showing up and doing great. He is still one of the, like, those guys, one of those top guys. He can't never not be. Um, And my final one is, you know, someone I talked about too is, you know, saying he has probably the best chemistry with Roman Reigns is Kevin Owens. And it's a similar thing with AJ. You give him anything and he'll just knock it out of the park. Like his WrestleMania match with Seth Rollins was great. And then they just didn't know what to do with him, which is wild because a dude that talented, a dude that's that good of a talker is that good of a character and you just can't figure anything out is a little depressing, but you know, this year, I mean, the stuff with Roman, like I said about Biggie at the beginning of this podcast, like if you really liked what Kevin's doing, keep supporting him. Um, and hopefully they keep him in storylines. It doesn't, it doesn't necessarily have to mean he gets the belt. It's just really compelling stuff. And I'm good with that because like I said, that dude was a legend before he showed up mm-hmm. and his work in WWE has just shown that, you know, it, it wasn't wrong to, to have him as, as one of the best in the world. He wasn't just one of these indie dudes that can be one of the best in the indie scene. Now, when you put him on the biggest stage, he is that good. Absolutely. Um, yeah, that's my list. All right. Do mine. Uh, so mine comprise of, as the viewers can see, uh, Chris Bay, once again, the future of pro wrestling. Absolutely. Billy Mack, who had a breakout year and probably the most popular year he's ever had. And it's going to continue to grow both of those guys from, for impact impact. Even though I am the impact guy, watch out for impact in 2021. And that'll probably be part of my predictions. And I'll probably. elaborate after why. Uh, Ibushi, Koto Ibushi. Yep. Naito. Yep. Are you ready for them to kill each other this weekend? I mean, Ibushi is waiting for it. He geeked up. He probably yeah. up here like Beavis after the Cornholio. Yeah, like they saw you. I, I guarantee you, one of them was watching Randy Orton set Bray Wyatt on fire, and they called the other one like, "Bitch, are you watching this? We can do can this. We, do we can do can this. Can we actually put each other on fire?" Yeah, they had a jackass marathon on IFC recently. I guarantee you, they was watching it for inspiration. Marcel Bushi. Yes. We, we talked about how Bushi is probably Johnny Knoxville. Yeah, because that neck gonna be singing like Fantasia at the end of that match. He can't wait for it. He absolutely yeah. can't wait for it. Uh, we got I got Nido, I got Jay White as well. Yes, Jay White and Tasha Steeles from Impact. She's good. Yeah, I liked the work her and Kira Hogan did this year as a tag team. Uh, Deanna Perrazzo. Yes, Impact as well. 
All right. Just a quick thing about that. I remember when I saw her finally like work work in uh Impact, and I was just like, yo, WWE must be wild talented if they could just let someone like her go. Yeah, you know, it, it's all for for WWE is more so, especially now, how you look and if you go work in the ring. So that's what I'm basing on. I'm not basing it on my personal opinion. It's just, well, it is my personal opinion, but I'm not based on what I think it is. But I think that's, you know, more so my opinion. They base it on how you look, how marketable you are, and if, you know, if you could work. I mean, she could work, work, but they, they base it on that as well. How much money can they make off you? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you got Deanna. Uh, Sasha Banks, Bailey, and Oscar, the MVPs of this year, as well as Roman Reigns. So, you know, if I, whenever I do a all pro wrestling first team, second team, and third team selection, like they do in the NBA, those names are definitely being Sasha Banks, Bailey, Oscar, and Roman Reigns are definitely the, you know, the four. I'll think of the five later when I come to that, but definitely those are my four for all pro wrestling first team selection. They, they held it down. You know, the women, like I've been saying all year, the, held, the women held it down early in the year, and then Roman Reigns said, all right, I got this. He hit him with the hove on what we do. I got this free. So he hit him with that, and then, I mean, since then, he, he's been the best in the business. Like, we don't need no incel PWI to tell us otherwise. I mean, the, the Twitter speaks for itself. Every time you come on the screen, you got women talking about it. Lustin, you got women, you got men talking about how far the match is or the promo is. So there you go. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. Uh, it's a great list. Um, I just want to point to people once again. He's absolutely right when Chris Bay is the future. Like that dude is, I don't know what you want to say. He's the Luka Doncic, the Trey Young, the Devin Booker, whatever, whoever you think is the future of the NBA, that's Chris Bay. Like, yeah, it's just, you know, or we can use it's, it's easier to use a football analogy just because the NBA has so much young talent that's next. Uh, he, I would say Trey Young because I'm starting to become a huge, I've been a fan of Trey Young since he was in Oklahoma, but I'm starting to become more of a fan now that the nigga got help. You're like, oh, he nice, nice, yeah. So, let me use a football analogy. He might end up being, let's see how the years progress, and they about the same age range. He might be Pat Mahomes. I say that based on Pat Mahomes has changed the face of the NFL already. Yes. Pat Mahomes has done things nobody else ever do. He's once in a lifetime. Chris Bay is only 24 years old. I didn't know until we started coming on, until we started recording, that he's only 5'9, 165. That threw wow. me way off. On screen, he looked like he like 6'1, 180. Oh, shit. He's a short king. I didn't. Bro, that threw me off. I thought he was like 6'1". I'm like, oh, what? He might be the next Jerry Lynn. Remember when he Jerry we, we found out Jerry Lynn was like only 5'8"? I didn't even know that. And I've been watching Jerry Lynn matches for 22 years now. Yeah, Jerry Lynn was – I don't think he is a very tall man. Because Rob Van Dam only like 5'10", right? When I met him, he looked like he was taller than that. And I'm six feet. 
Oh wait, Jerry Lynn five eleven. I'm sorry. I'm giving him. I'm giving him a little too much on this, but he could. Chris Bay could still very much be Jerry Lynn because just the talent in such a small package. But I think he's going to precede that. I think this isn't because with NXT they ushered in his small guy can go over. Like yeah. Johnny Gargano embodies that the small guy can go over. But I think Chris Bay, him. More so than uh, Ruffin, I think with Chris Bay, he's making it because we've been seeing over the past decade where these wrestlers have shrinked. The pro rest like the suit. If you're a heavyweight, you two ten basically, unless you like Roman Reigns or Drew McIntyre. But other than that, like to be a world champion, you don't need to be that big. I think Chris Bay is that next step where because he talked about shouts out to Black Wrestling Podcast. Uh, you know. He was on there. He talked about how he's like boxing for his conditioning. Whereas the area we come from, the workers didn't do no conditioning. They all had gut. They all had prison bodies. They just be swollen with guts. Yeah. And no cardio. And maybe that's why the wrestling wasn't that good too, because they get blown up fast. Because obviously, you know what I mean, the diets and everything. But with yeah. him. To be 5'9, 165, it ushers in a new era where you got a chance to be world champion because he's definitely. And let, let me bring this into our predictions. Okay, so that'll be my first prediction. My prediction is obviously he's going to be world champion and impact. It won't be as popular as it once was before, but it'll be up there. Because right now it's probably number three just based on him, Willie Mack, Moose, and Rich Swan. Yes. Four black individuals who had a match that was the main event a couple of weeks ago. And they hold, you know, AEW, whatever business they have going on with AEW. I think that's next week, right? When they have the uh the old Bullet Club versus Rich Swan and Bullet Club West. Yeah. So that's going on next week, I think, as well, right? If I'm not mistaken, yep. yeah. So I think Impact is about to probably, I mean, they might get back to their, you know, popularity. I'll say late 2000s, not the mid 2000s, but I think they're coming back. And also, I think as a whole, 2020 was the start of pro wrestling being as popular as it once was before. Because, yep. like me and you talked about that, like, Pro wrestling hasn't been as popular as it's been this year as it once was before. And it's probably because we had options of things we can watch. We can go outside. So there's no need to really watch pro wrestling. Yeah. I think no. in 2021, it's going back to the attitude here. And the ratings have actually showed that. But more so, I think this year with, you know, NXT probably getting a second show. And then you got Raw, you got SmackDown, you got all these people of color too being in these prominent roles on these shows, except for AEW. It's going to become as popular as it once was in the Attitude Era. And I can see it being a little bit more popular now because of social media. So that's my prediction. I'll let you get your predictions off, and I think I only got like maybe one or two more. Um. As far as, let's see, let's go by uh, promotion to promotion. New Japan, 
I predict, if not at Wrestle Kingdom, before the end of the year, Jay White will be champion again. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I predict that Okada will probably be Intercontinental Champion to, to show that, okay, it's time for the young boys to come in and be world champion. Um, I predict Sonata will win the G1 because it's it's time it's absolutely time for him um as far as aw i think you're gonna see more of the young talent start to take uh front and center because they've been pushing for that particularly in the tag team division where you see like you know scu is not a big deal right now it's the acclaimed and um Anthony Bowen, and I forget his tag team partner. Um, you got the hybrid too. You got private party getting better every week. Um, once fans come back, the Jurassic Express is going to come in as a big deal because they're big crowd pleasers. Um, FTR and the Bucks will always be there because they're considered their two best tag teams. But I think going forward, you're going to start to see a lot more of um, that. And as far as like the single stuff, you know, in the main event last year, or last night, I mean, I mean, you saw uh, Orange Cassidy there. You saw Ricky Starks. You saw uh, Powerhouse Hobbs. And then Darby Allen came out at the end. And I think these are all guys that are going to main event. And uh, particularly, like, uh, Orange Cassidy may, I don't think he's going to win the main title, but he might headline a pay-per-view event challenging for the main title. Um, I do think Ricky Starks and Orange Cassidy will win the TNT title, both of them. Well, the third iteration of it, because apparently they retired it. Uh, no, they just gave a belt to um, to Brody Lee's son and family as like a, just like the forever TNT champions. Um. But, yeah, um, I think that uh, the most unfortunate prediction I have for AEW is Cody will be AEW champion. Because who else can you see taking the belt off Kenny Omega other than him? Um, there's, a cha- there's, a ch- there's a chance for Pac, but I don't think they're going to pull the trigger on Pac this year. Um. Yeah, I just think you're going to see a lot more of the young talent take center stage just because Cody's talking about he wants to be done at 40. As we've highlighted, Kenny Omega's body is starting to slow down. The Bucks can still go, but the Bucks have always been about getting the young talent over because that's what people have done for them. So, you know, you see them working heavily with the young talent to try and get them over and try and establish them. Excuse me. Um, For WWE... Um, I think you can see Biggie challenging for the main title. I don't know if he wins, but I think he will challenge. Uh, I think a money in the bank winner is probably Corbin. He makes the most sense. Um, Shayna Baszler will be a women's champion this year. And Bianca Belair will win SmackDown title by SummerSlam. And 
Yeah, that's about it. NXT, Karrion Cross will be champion. Again, Raquel Gonzalez will be champion. That's about it. Okay. Uh, I don't like making predictions unless I know they might happen. But I'll just say Chris Bay will be, well, I already said he'll be world champion. Uh, Jay White will be world champion. I don't know if it's a prediction more, so it's something I want to see happen, but I feel like we'll get Goldberg versus Roman Reigns. Dependent on what's up with Brock Lesnar. Yeah. Now, Brock is ready to come back. I think he stayed there for WrestleMania in Tampa because we won't have an LA where it should be if it wasn't for Corona. Boy, if it wasn't for COVID, we'd be turning up. But, you know, let's see what 2022 holds. Uh, so, Lesnar is ready to go. I think they say that for WrestleMania and we get Goldberg at Royal Rumble. If not, we'll definitely see Roman Reigns versus Goldberg at, you know, at, uh, WrestleMania instead if Brock Lesnar is already. Other than that, yeah, I, you know, let's just see. I think if I want to, if it's, if I can make predictions, I'll wait till like next month when things start really, really rolling. Because right now, it's no telling what they're going to do just because they still want to have live crowds despite what's going on. And if they do have live crowds, it'll be in that, you know, godforsaken state of Florida, minus Jacksonville, where they can have it at uh, the Bucks Stadium. Yeah. Um, I guess that's okay. Uh, I don't want them to have live people just because yeah, it's too many it's people. Yeah. It's Florida. I know. I know. I know. I just don't want to see no one else get sick, man. It's just. I'm with you. They hard headed out there. Yeah. Uh, Want to do Wrestle Kingdom predictions? Since uh, sure, why not? I'm trying to get the list of. It's uh, it's on Monday and Tuesday. It's on Monday and Tuesday. Yeah, the fourth and the fifth. Well, I thought it was this weekend. Uh, it's usually on the weekend, but since they go on to two days, like it would usually be like on Sunday night, and we get it Monday, but. It just is what it is right now. But uh, so I'll just go through this. Bring out the card if you don't mind. Because yeah, I'm going to bring it up as yeah. well. But go ahead. They have uh, the New Japan Rambo. I don't know. The the winner will be in the Provisional King of Pro Wrestling Trophy match on night two. I don't know who's in it. So I can't tell you who's going to win. Like, Let me see if they got any information on it. Uh, let me look up to see if they got that. In the meantime, uh, we got Hiromu Takahashi versus El Fantasmo for the IWGP. Oh, El Fantasmo won the title. He beat uh, Ishimori. Uh, but we got Takahashi versus El Fantasmo for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship. Who you got? Uh, say it one more time, Mark, I'm trying to. Just as we go through it, uh, yeah, you got uh, Hiromu, the first one is Hiromu Takahashi versus El Fantasmo. Uh, and this one, what do you got? Takahashi. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm pick the Playboy Cardi of Wrestling, too. 
It's just it's AB having those vampire clothes already. Yeah. Uh I'm a rock star. No. Um, we got uh Tai Chi and Zack Sabre Jr. versus the Gorillas of Destiny for the IWGP tag team championship. Who you got? And why is it the Gorillas of Destiny? Right. Nah, <laughs> you know what? It's you already know. I'm G O D. Uh I want to go with G O D. I'm I'm going with the takers. Or as I call them, the Tekkeners, even though it's no engineer. They they sound like a a grime rap group, the Dangerous Tekkers. That's what I'm saying. Like the Dangerous Tekkers featuring D-Block Europe or something. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to go with Gorillas of Destiny just because, you know, it's time. It's time for them to run this again. And, you know, Tamatonga is the unofficial Bullet Club leader, so they got to establish dominance. Um, you got Kenta versus Satoshi Kojima for the right to challenge for the IWGP U.S. Uh, heavyweight certificate. Which Kojima is, a you know, he's in the later years of his uh, career, so I'm going to go with to Kenta. Same. Yeah. We got Tanahashi versus Great Okan, which unfortunately I just don't know enough about Great Okan. I've seen him in Tag League. He's okay from what I've seen. But uh, I don't know if, how much plans they got for him, so I'm going to just go with the ace because how do you go against Tanahashi? He's their John Cena. Same. That man kicks out everything. I'm going with yeah. Tanahashi. Like, if just for one night we can get Tanahashi versus John Cena, I would be a happy man. But uh, the next match is a big match. I'm surprised they're giving this away on night one, but it's a big-time match. It is Kazuchika Okada versus Will Ospreay. Who you got in this match? Mm. I'm going yeah. with... Offspray, man. Yep. Yeah. They've been pushing uh, him a lot, especially in those tag tournaments. Like, he's yeah. been in tag matches. He's been in single matches, and it seems to be they're pushing for him to go over. Yes. I am Okada gang to death, but I think this is the match that will get Osprey, hopefully, as a – I think this is the match they're hoping for to get him as a legit heavyweight contender. Mm-hmm. And if they can do it, then – Hell, man, I want Sonata to win the G1, but he could absolutely win the G1. Um, And then we have the most dangerous men on the face of the planet. We're going to have like an ECW. This might as well be a barbed wire scaffolding match. I hope, look, I, I, know, they don't, I know they don't really use the, the, the chairs weapon. like that. Yeah, they don't use chairs like that. But they, for because the thing is with Ibushi, if you use a chair, he's not putting his hand up. He's just going to take the damage. Yes. He's really going to go ECW style with it, like yes. full-on contact with it. Yes. Like, I know the, the healthcare system is much better over there because they just be, like, taking bumps, and you never hear anybody talking about, like, oh, man, we really need to research this. Nah, it's probably doctors in the back, like, okay, this is what's going on. This is what you're going to have to face. Da, da, da. Now go out there and take that pile driver. Right. But, uh... Nah, who you got? Because the winner faces Jay White. Uh, I'm going with Ibushi. I like Naito, but I'm going with, with Ibushi on this one. 
Uh, yeah, I might go Ibushi because it's his time to be champion. And I think that sets up a better story of like, you know, Naito, I mean, Jay White beat him to get the case. And then can he beat Jay White? He's he's always struggled to beat Jay White. So this will be the thing. Like he beats Naito, who's one of his greatest foes, and Jay White, who's another one of his greatest foes, all in one night after beating Okada to get into the finals. Like, yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. So we got 9-2. We have a six-women's tag match. And unfortunately, I don't know these women, but I will say their name. It's a group called Queen's Quest, which is Saya Kamitani, a young lady named AZM, and another young lady named Utami Hayashishida uh, versus Donna Del Mondo, which is, consists of young ladies named by the name of Maiko, Micah, uh, Natsupoi, and Himeka. This is uh, for the stardom, which is cool that they uh, they have two matches for stardom, uh, stardom, which is the women's promotion over there. I got to start watching that. Um, yeah, I watch stardom, but it's like every now and then. I can't keep up with everything, man. Yeah, um, but I, unfortunately, I don't know, so I can't pick. And then uh, same thing for the next match. You have Mayu Iwatani, who I've heard is really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, I think she was Kyrie Sane's partner before Kyrie Sane went to uh, to WWE uh, yeah. versus Tam Nakano. Oh, that is Kyrie Sane, I think. Who? No, 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 no. Tam Nakano is not Kyrie Sane. She just yeah. Uh, I was about to say. <laughs> I was like, what? No, I've heard of Tim though. But uh, versus two other ladies from Donna Del Mondo, uh, Sayuri and uh, Gaila. Like she looks like Guile from Street Fighter. Um, yeah, she's she's of mixed descent. Yeah, it could be Julia. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I, unfortunately, I don't. I just don't know enough about them so I, to make an informed prediction. But. All, I hope those two matches just, you know, those are dark matches, but um, I hope those ladies knock it out of the park, man. I always, I'm always happy to see them, uh, see women in wrestling do really, really well. Uh, there's a four way match for the King of Pro Wrestling trophy. One of them will come out of that battle royal. I couldn't find the participants. Um, but no. Yeah, so I, you know, unfortunately, night two, three matches already we can't predict. Uh, the next one, we got Suzuki Goon. We got Desperado and Kanemaru versus one or eight, which is Taguchi and Master Wado. Who you got? I'm going with. I'm going with one or eight. Okay, yeah. Master Wado is a young guy. He needs a belt. Um, the next match, which should be a good hard-hitting match, is Shingo Takagi versus Jeff Cobb for the Never Openweight Championship. Uh, I'm the CTE Classic. Yes. I'm going to take Jeff Cobb here because they signed him and they have big hopes for him. Same. He worked in Lucha Underground, right? He did, and he worked in Ring of Honor for a while, and he was great in Ring of Honor. Okay, I know I recognize him from somewhere. Yeah, I think he's the person Shane Taylor beat to get the title. 
which who knows where that guy will end up next year. But, um, uh, oh, Ishimori is the champion. It was just to see who gets to face him. But we got Taiji Ishimori versus we both picked Takahashi. So who you got, Ishimori or Takahashi? Takahashi. Yes. I uh, I will also pick the, once again, the Playboy Cardi of uh, the junior heavyweight division, even though Phantasmo is a little oozy at this point. So they, they dress her right. So you said, yeah. did you go over to Evil? You didn't go over to Evil and Sonata match, right? I did not. I was about to bring okay. that up right now. That's what I'm saying. I'm going by the chronological order, but it's all good because I'm, yeah, because I. I felt like that should be the match before the main event because that just has so much invested in it. Uh, but we got Evil versus Sonata. Um, like I said, usually we get this match in the G1 and it's just like a spirited match, but this is like real beef right now. Like people are going to get hands and feet. Who you got? Sonata. Hmm. I got Evil here. Just be, just because it's not like this is their WrestleMania, but they're not like WrestleMania where they, every match has to be a feel good. Like I, I legitimately think this is the the one of the moments where they can like let the heel win and everything will be fine. And I think this sets up a struggle for Bullet Club because he'll, I, I got him winning, and now we go to what is the uh, the main event of night two, which is we both got Ibushi versus Jay White and I got a Bushi winning. So now it becomes a struggle of who's the the leader of Bullet Club between Evil and Jay White. Right. Well, since we both picked we picked we both picked a Bushi, right? To go over yeah. uh okay so night Ibushi versus Jay White, which would be a classic if that if that's were the case. I'm going with a Bushi. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like, the one thing I can tell you is if Naito wins against Ibushi, Jay White is going over. But I don't think they would give Ibushi the title for one night unless he just really wants to be the Tommy Dreamer of New Japan, which he might want to be. I don't know. The way he takes bumps, he might want to be Tommy Dreamer. That's what I said. If they ever implement weapons, it's yeah, he's not putting his hand up, he's taking all the contact. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like that's uh that's what we got. So yeah, January fourth and fifth, everyone. So really we gonna us over here, we're gonna be watching because it's gonna come on at like four in the morning. We're really gonna be watching on the fifth and the sixth. So you know, it's all good. But um here's to uh good wrestling, man. Here's to a better 2021. Um here's to everyone staying safe and staying healthy, man. Go out and get that vaccine, man. It ain't gonna kill you. Trust me. It won't. Yeah. If you were standing in line for those Popeye sandwiches in 2019. Go ahead and get that vaccine. I yes. Also that and like not to end on this, but, you know, look, man, if the government 
or the conspirators wanted to kill you, why would they give an optional vaccine as the most? That's not an effective way to kill people. You would do it in a much more effective way. You would put it in your toothpaste or your chewing gum or something, something that you or your soap, something that you can't not do. So is that why the incels don't take baths, brush their teeth or chew gum to keep their breath clean? No, they just think women hate them. And sometimes it's true because y'all call for it. Yeah, not because y'all men, but because y'all are annoying. Yeah, which most men are very annoying. Yes. Yes, it is. Um, Yeah, before we get out of here, just rest in peace to MF Doom. Mm -hmm. One of the greatest ever. Um, And yeah, man, that's... That's really it. That's all we got for this year. This is our longest podcast of the year. Uh, this is our wrap-up. Hopefully, we get to do this in 2021, and hopefully, we get to talk about some of the same people being some of the best and some of the new people being some of the best of the year. People as well. You know, those, those days of, you know, they're not putting over new talent is over. Yeah. Not in WWE. It's ways to watch it. That's what the internet is for. I've watched yes. way more wrestling this year than I ever had before. I've always been watching other promotions, but this year it's up to 200. Not promotions, but the percentage of me watching wrestling. People yeah. watch. Don't have to sit up here and complain in sales. It's WWE for people. It's AEW for people. Me, I'm the only person that watches ROH, and that's fine. It's yes. ROH for people. Yeah, you gotta, for people. You got to be a Kenny King stand. Yeah, of course. Shouts out to the Las Vegas legend. Uh, NWA don't exist no more, but you could have watched NWA. Uh, AEW, New Japan. Uh, Stardom. uh, Stardom, Dragon uh, Gate, I think it's called. Yeah. Uh, Whatever. They got a few promotions going on in the UK. Unfortunately, uh, NXT UK has killed a few of them, which is unfortunate. Um. But, you know, we still got the indies out there. Um, there's still ways to find them. There's there's plenty of uh, outlets to find them. Uh, you just have to go out and be willing to search. And, you know, once we can do this live thing again, you know, go out and support your live indie workers. Go out and support what you do. Like, buy the merch. Go subscribe to, a, go subscribe to one of these uh, workers' Patreon accounts. Um, you know, but like I said, the main hope I have for fans going forward is the people you want to see go over, continue to support them, even if they get into bad storylines or if it looks like the company is trying to bury them. Because had we continued to support, I mean, we did continue to support Rusev, but I think had we, you know, continued as strong as we did when the Rusev Day thing came, he would have been fine. But we uh, we booed the wrong people. We can't start booing the workers for the stuff that they're put in. We got to start calling out the creative. We got to start calling out the bookers because they're doing what what's given to them. And if they don't do it, they're not on TV. They're not on TV. They don't get paid. They don't get paid. They don't eat. So instead of getting mad about them trying to eat, let's just 
you know, hey, let's hold creative accountable to putting on quality storylines for all workers. But particularly the ones we want to see like do great things, whether they you want them to win the IC title, the 24-7 title. Like I want good things for our truth. Oh, absolutely. So, you know, let's just hope that happens. Um I'm sorry I didn't get the jokes off this uh this episode. But uh, you know, rest in peace once again to all the wrestlers we lost, all the wrestlers. Um, anybody who's been lost this year, it's, it's been a rough year. Um, yeah, hopefully y'all get these stimuluses. Right, right. Uh, no, nah, it's been a great year. It's been a productive. We're going to keep going. Uh, like my, my brother said, man, just stay clean. You know, like I always tell people, I don't really do the whole closing thing. Just, you know, stay clean. Wash your ass, brush your teeth, you know, respect people, respect yeah. women, keep hustling, and we're going to keep going forward. Oh, yeah. Some uh, I heard, stay bored. Staying bored is better than being unhealthy. That sounds about right. Yeah. But don't stay bored. Find something to do. Yeah. Anyways, we'll see you on 2021 when we're talking about Wrestle Kingdom and how Abushi's head has been cut off 